Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, here's another thing I do talk about quite often, but maybe not in enough detail. So, as you all know, I'm a huge fan, um, pretty much obsessed with anything that's an income-producing asset. Um, I think they're the key to financial freedom. I think any sort of asset that pays you to hold it is very valuable. Um, That's why I'm a big, huge proponent of dividend stocks. Even though you're not technically owed a dividend and a dividend payment can cease at any time with any company that you're invested in, um, that's why I love dividend stocks. And I think, you know, here's the thing. If you want to prevent any, um, at least minimize any decline in payouts, um, one thing you could do is diversify your holdings of different dividend stocks. Um, I prefer just picking great companies that do pay a dividend and just having as many different ones as possible. First off, you get the payouts at a diff- on different dates, which is really nice. So for instance, I got Coca-Cola, maybe I'll have Walmart, maybe I'll have like 3M. As an example, they all most likely will pay at different points during each quarter, right? So if you think about it, you got um, obviously a quarter is about three months. So, well, three months, yeah. And there's 90 days in a quarter. Um, I think if you count out Saturday and Sunday, uh, let's see. I mean, there's 12 weeks, obviously. So we're just going to do with a week basis, right? So there's about 12 weeks. There's 12 weeks in a, in, in, in a quarter. Um, you could technically, technically, in theory, if depending on which companies when they pay out, you could get a dividend payout every week if you just have enough different companies within your portfolio. So as much as I love di- investing into index funds and all that sort of shit, and and even a even a dividend index fund, um, I like seeing money come in all the time, right? That's another reason why I think it's good to hold on to as many different companies as you can. And in today's um. In today's um, era, in a no commission fee environment, it's so much easier to be able to avoid the commission fee. Well, no, sorry, what am I trying to say? Give me a second. Give me a second. Ah, it's so much easier to be able to buy one share of each stock that you want to buy, even fractionals. I still am not the biggest fractional share fan. I do try to avoid fractional buys. I'll still do it anyway. But I, I prefer buying a full share of, of a company and then working from there um, because I'm most likely going to be buying and holding it for quite a long time. Um, I am a buy and hold guy. I will admit if I get a decent enough of a profit from one particular company that I hold, yeah, I'll probably sell at a 5% gain. Why not? If my total returns 5%, yeah, uh, I'll absolutely sell off and, and uh, we'll just, victory, uh, victory goes to spoils, you know? <laughs> Um, I think it's kind of the best way to do it, man. And I don't think you should really own too many companies. I, well, I take that back. I think you should own at least, if you're going to do individual stock picking, I would say own 50 of the best companies that you could possibly own that you'd be okay with owning for like, like Warren Buffett's philosophy is very simple. Um, buy companies that you would feel comfortable holding for 10 years. No, so hold, hold 
if the market were to close down for 10 years, right? Because a stock, even if the stock market's closed down for 10 years, you still own a piece of that company. And if they're still paying a dividend, which they could, they could still pay you that. So that's why I always say dividend payout companies are great. Because they're still going to pay their dividend. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different companies that I feel like owning it, just owning a piece of the pie is really, really valuable. Um, just being a part of it's great. So yeah, I, uh, I love owning, I love owning, uh, different companies though, man. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like Walmart. I'm a big fan of like Kroger, uh, you know, 3M, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo. Uh, General Dynamics, I love General Dynamics. Just any companies that I feel like are always growing and always producing something, you know, a working asset. You know, you want assets that are always working, that are always functional. You know, because company, companies that produce things are very valuable to society, you know, and that's what you kind of want. You know, Johnson & Johnson, Procter & Gamble. You know, I, I, I can't name them every single company, but, you know, it's like, even owning a sh even if you were to own a share of each of these companies, right? They all pretty much pay a dividend, uh, except for maybe one or two. I can't remember. But like, for instance, even if you did, even if you got companies that didn't pay a dividend, like the Googles of the world, uh, Facebook, I'm kind of iffy on, but Google, Microsoft, Apple, you name it, big big names in the tech tech space that would still keep going on and keep growing even if the market was to close down for 10 years and they would come back even more valuable. So, so the point is only buy and hold companies that you're comfortable holding on to. If, if worst case scenario happened, like the market shut down, um, thing, you know, and it's good to be diversified too. I really do. I know a lot of, I know a lot of rich people say it's not the, some rich people actually, not all rich. So Ray Dalio is all about asset allocation as well as somebody I admire and he's done really well. He's all about asset allocation, and I agree with him. Straight up, I agree with Ray Dalio on asset allocation overall. Now, I still believe firmly that you should accumulate as many assets as you can, like, all the time. There's a difference between accumulation and allocation, for sure. Um, accumulation is just trying to gather as many as you can, no matter what. Just don't go in for it, because you, you don't want to hold on to your cash. You'd rather just invest it real quick. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild thing. I won't go in, I won't go on a diatribe about it, but uh, what I'm really trying to say is um, basically any sort of asset that you hold on to that could produce an income is great. I, so gold, I have a problem with gold, okay? As much as I love gold, because it does appreciate in value over time, I'm only going to allocate most of my portfolio to maybe 10% at most. 10% of my portfolio should be gold. That, it's that. That's pretty much the allocation for gold, and I'll tell you why. The thing that sucks about gold is that you can hold on to it for 10 years, but it's not going to pay you during any point of those 10 years, right? At least with dividend paying stocks, you're getting something for holding it, right? It's like, it's like you're getting rent. You're getting rent from a renter, basically. That's why I love dividends. I love getting paid dividend payouts. Like I'm addicted to it. It's a nice little surprise because <laughs> over time, dividends grow, right? Companies typically grow. I mean, you you don't want to take a chance on a startup. I never take chances. I never, ever take chances on startups, ever. That's just my core philosophy, and I'm sticking to it, straight up. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I don't know why. I just I, It's just something I believe in. Um, this is just something I truly believe in. 
And uh, I will not stop believing what I believe. So, <laughs> I mean, I will if I had better evidence against it. But there's, ne- but most uh, rich people that I've studied have all said, "Hey, asset allocation." None of them really talk about asset accumulation, though. I think that you should accumulate as many bloody assets as you fucking can. Get as many as you can. Pump it up. Pump up the jam. <laughs> but um, it, it's fun. I think uh, I think the more assets I accumulate over time, the, hap- I, the happier I get. I just get happy when I get assets. I love it. I love the fact that a lot of the assets I own are money-producing. Um, they give me a payout every three months. And um, that's just the way it should be. <laughs> Um, I have to admit, like with Shiba Inu, for instance, I've kind of in a weird way turned it into. So this is going to sound odd, but the Shiba Inu coin, I got in at $350 and I've gotten up in the value of what I own turned from 350, I turned 350 into 4,000 basically. But what I've been doing is as it continues, it's is, is it continues its ascent. Um, it keeps going right up, man. The, it keeps ascending and ascending. So as it continues to ascend, I continue to convert it into $20 worth of Shiba Inu coin into a stable coin. And what a stable coin is, is it always holds the same value pretty much, no matter what. So like, for instance, uh, Tether, which is like the USDT or something. I can't remember how they do it, but Tether is basically backed by nothing but dollars, uh, basically money. Um, so it matches, it always matches the dollar. So Tether is always going to be $1 per for one tether token. So that's just kind of how it works. It, 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 it makes it easier. So as Shiba Inu continues to go up, I convert. Now there are a little bit of fees. So for instance, I may want to convert $20 worth of Shiba Inu into tether, but chances are I'm only going to get $19.60 or 50 cents or something like that into t- in, in, in the form of tether because there are little conversion transactional fees that happen with these conversion processes that are not always labeled on there. But I do admit it's better than putting it into straight up cash on Coinbase because Coinbase charges a very pesky like $1.50, sometimes $1.99 transactional fee and it pisses me off to no end. So I avoid converting anything into pure cash. I do usually convert it to Tether, which is a stable coin. So, um, I'll always, I love keeping it in Tether though, straight up. And I I just don't like risking. So here's the thing about the crypto market. I don't like risking my, um, what do you call it? I don't like risking all of my money. I'm sorry. I don't like risking all the gains because if any, any product that can go up rapidly can go down rapidly. So you do want to shave off your position when it goes, when it keeps going up, shave off a little here, shave off a little here, take some profits here. And I honestly think of it as like taking home a little bit of a dividend payout. Right. So, and, and, and the money I get from all of it and the, the, the tether that I get, I then will convert it back into Shiba Inu if a, if a hard enough crash happens, but it has to be a really hard crash. The only reason I'm keeping this all in reserve is is if a, a major crash happens with this coin. Because if a major crash does, I want to be the first to be buying more, you know. <clears throat> and that's the way I look at it, man. <laughs> I want to be able to buy more SHIB and sell less SHIB for the same amount of money, you know. So, um, these things are up and down. And I think as long as you can handle volatility, I've engineered myself to be able to handle volatility, volatility, like a champ. I, I enjoy, uh, volatile products, uh, more than anything. So I, I think, um, 
it's the best thing in the world, man. I love volatility. I I know people think I'm a madman for it, but I really do love volatile products. It's pretty fun. Really cool shit. So at the moment, I don't really know if I have anything else I want to talk about in this episode. Um, just remember, any any assets that you hold, try to make sure it's money producing. And even if it doesn't produce money, um, that's okay too. You know, you can also you can also do what I do and make a lot of videos and podcasts where you get money from those as well. That's just an example. But there's also things that you can do that can be an asset. Anything can really be an asset. You, you're, what you produce can be an asset. What skill set you have can be an asset to you. Um, it could be a marketable skill like welding. Anything can be an asset. Your, you know, your ability to learn can be an asset. Books can be an asset. Anything that gives you the ability to have a return on an investment can technically be an asset. So, yeah. Um, I consider my mind an asset. I, I consider myself my greatest asset because uh, I invest in myself all the time. I invest in my education. I invest in... Uh, I believe in myself, so I invest in this show, for instance, by getting a good mic. I always have a good microphone. want to make sure I always have a good camera, uh, have the best of the best laptop I can muster, and then just do my thing. So um, I think that's kind of the way it should be. You know, I mean, I work my ass off to get, I've, I've worked my ass off to get to where I'm at in this life. Um, and I'm proud of what I, and I've worked smart too. I've been very proud, but I like to teach people because I know, I know how painful it is to be in a dark place. Uh, in in life, so that's one of the reasons why I do this show, because I know there's a lot of people in shitty positions right now, and I do I, I want to do as many different things on these shows to educate people and teach people for free, no no costs, no classes, no. Well, I mean, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm a professor giving uh giving you a good speech, a good lecture, you know what I mean? But I don't want any of you to have to pay for it. That's kind of the that's kind of the whole point. I want to make sure that. I want to be a coach. I want to encourage you to be successful. I want to encourage you to get out there and put your, give it your all. If you're going to invest, you know, you got to delay your gratification. You got to be willing to admit, you got to be willing to think that cash is trash because it is. It's not backed by anything valuable. That's just the truth. Be as honest with yourself as you can and gather as many assets as you can and try to get exposed to as many different asset classes as you possibly can too. And remember, markets always go up and they always go down. But just because they go down, it doesn't mean you should sell. Selling in a panic is probably the worst thing you could ever do to yourself. Trust me. I made that mistake when I first started investing. It was not cool. But anyway, though, I want to thank you guys for taking the time, as always, to view this sexy, rub-my-ass sort of episode. Um... Think about what I said. Try to make sure that every asset you have produce, gives you an income of some kind, at least to the best of your ability. Uh, diversify like crazy. Into di in, in each asset class that you have, diversify and be exposed to multiple asset classes. So, Anyway, uh, I'll let you guys go. Thank you guys for putting up with this uh, lecture. Um, and this uh, income, as Tony Robbins, my, bo my boy, would say back here, income Income is the outcome. It's as simple as that. Income is the outcome. Enough said. That's all you need to know. Anyway, keep it up. Keep your penises fresh. Um, 
I don't, Blue Chew doesn't sponsor me in any way, but make sure you eat a lot of Blue Chew so that way your penises can be rock hard. Anyway, thank you guys. Later.